0: and every community would understand uh, the first time home buyer program and I knew that there were 26 uh, different communities, or 26 or 28 different Latino communities in Rhode Island and I was going to meet with somebody, each and every one of them and I heard that there was uh, an Honduran presence here and I said I don't care if it's only three people I'm going to meet with one of them and that was you 1998. My <laughs> first year going out when I was a... right, and I, I was shocked because at that time the Honduran community was very small. But at the same time, I was shocked because I, uh, at that time I was at a city hall, and, and the fifth floor, and I get a call. the Latino community to the that, that you don't speak to just one community but you speak only 600 Hondurans here, but mm-hmm. to you, it, it was just as equal as the uh, Dominican community, which at that point was the largest in the Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. but uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, again, thank you for your friendship, thank you for what you do for the community, because since I've been here, I mean, you have not stopped, you know, everything that in, in, in entails the community as far as defending it or protecting it, I truly appreciate it's you very hard mandated by legislature to, to uh, two particular activities. One is the equal employment opportunities side of things. And that has everything to do with employment opportunities, uh, making sure that, that uh, the, everybody gets uh, equitable participation and opportunities. We are more responsible within this state, but at the same time uh, we do accept the input from uh, the outside. And within that range, also, my, my responsibility in the office is to uh, make sure that the state keeps diversifying, keeps hiring people who replace the demographics of the state of Arizona. Uh, right now, month, out on the last figure that I've seen, uh, the state is at about 18 to 20 okay, percent within uh, uh, the demographics of the minority community, which is still under Uh, we have to, uh, so these plans are submitted every two years, so that the, uh, the last time it was 2020, so now we are 2022, and we are getting ready for the next set of plans, so we have uh, approved uh, about, I would say, 80% of the plans, we still have another 20% that we need to uh, to approve and finalize, and we have to do it uh, by the premise this week, because Start next month uh, now we have to get ready for the 2022-2024 so in that regard uh very much uh, it hasn't been as effective as we wish to be because of the delays and uh but i can assure you this uh we, we already started the conversation with the different departments Know that going to know the I mean, a discussion could go, you know, I, you know, 10% of uh, the state uh, uh, professionals are people of color, and their numbers one percent. Can you it explain? It? You know, this is going to you know, have a lot to do with whether you can get a raise or not. Just looks like some white get that one percent. You know, because you know, 10% one percent. Yes, you certainly should be looking for a raise with those kind of numbers. I think that's where the conversation has to go in terms of promotions uh, for higher-level people. Uh, they need to be held accountable in terms of people of color, women, uh, disabled. You know, they can't do it, then they can't expect it to, you know, to benefit. Yeah, because they're not doing to the job. They're doing based on the benchmark. They say, don't know, I'm a number. But, you know, certainly, sort of you know, you're at 1%. I mean, I have 20% of them. In that area, the other part that I want to share with you—that actually last week um, they shared with us the government operation plan uh, vision for 2030—and I can tell you that we, within that plan is what you mentioned. is a serious effort to really make managers responsible and proactive to the diversification process. So there's been. Maybe low and you know, pretty much like you said, non-compliant. But going forward, that sure. compliance is becoming more important. And, and I always look at the glass being half full. So I'm, I'm optimistic on I'm this because I think the people you. like myself and, and the governor and Pastor Chris, who I've known for a while, uh, you know, uh, now and and then uh, we, we we talk often enough, that he's really a, a driving dealing with projects that were delayed by COVID two years ago. Mm-hmm. So now they are coming online on top of the uh, projects that we already have. I was informed last week that uh, on top of that, say, uh, all the infrastructure projects that the House is uh, approving this, um, this week, uh, once they go online, that's going to increase the participation. But uh, with all of that, uh, the other p- good part about it is that compliance has improved. Has, compliance has gone back to very much the normal. Uh, the last time I held me provided uh, numbers, were, we are at seventeen percent, and very much um, is um, is increasing, and it's going to keep increasing. Uh, from the first numbers that I saw, uh, very much, I, honestly, I have projected that. This year, we, we were going to do about $20 million in MDWE. the NDEWE. At the rate that is going, and the last numbers that I saw, I'm, now I'm projecting probably around $40, $45 million. Mm-hmm. And it's because, again, um, the momentum is there, the projects that were delayed, and the new projects that has come online, it definitely is going to increase the, um, the values but at the same time the participation. And it's something that we are very keen on. Uh, let's say uh, the two numbers that we are, is participation and let's say the percentage that of participation that takes place. Because you know, sometimes get confused, but we definitely are in a good, in, in, in a good uh, point with the MEWBE. program. Sure, yeah, because I know that uh, population-wise at least uh, uh, 65% of the state are uh, women and people of color. 65%. Okay, now I don't know about the, the, the business uh, participation of those groups in the state, but let's just say it's 50% of all the businesses. We're we talking about 10%, so that, I mean that's a big difference, I mean, so it, it definitely should be 20%, if not 30% by now, because that 10% was that can't get the businesses. Simple as that. Exactly. Uh, so, and I'm particularly interested in terms of people of color because a lot of times, uh, you know, goals are met, you know, and, 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 and nothing against, uh, you know, white women or protected class. Yeah. But, 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 you know, you have that and then you have Portuguese men, uh, which are not a protected class but are covered in terms of the, the state law, getting the lion's share of the participation right. yes. as opposed to even uh, the percentage uh, of their population. So I'm really concerned about people of color, particularly uh, black folks, getting uh, their fair share, right. uh, because we, we need equal opportunity for everybody for the state to flourish. You know, if one group is left out, left behind, the state cannot flourish. There's no way. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm just looking out for that. So how is that going? But the black folks, the brown folks, how is that participation going? Yeah, and, and you bring up a very good point uh, in, in, a, in a reality, and the way I answer that question uh, nowadays, uh, Jim is that uh, right now we have 815 uh, certified minority companies, women and men, 43% of those are white women-owned. Yeah. So I mentioned that because that's a large percentage of uh, ownership and participation. And historically, up to now, that 43% of women-owned businesses end up between 50 and 65% something that I'm working on. So I, in that I have two, two plans that I'm working on. Needless to say, is uh, increasing the participation of MBEs, mm-hmm. but at the same time recruiting more uh, MBE companies. Yeah. Because uh, as I described it, with that 43%, and although the rest is minorities, but then it's split between everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, that, um, so that's part of it, uh, recruiting companies to come, and at the same time as we approve companies, and in some cases we have to provide waivers because we don't have um, the, the particular company. So with the waivers, what I'm doing is using those numbers to see where the gaps are. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, recruit uh, uh, there is a recruiting uh, process going in to bring companies within that, uh, where the waivers are. To increase that number, because I totally agree, uh, definitely is, uh, you know, it, it shouldn't be that way, but sure. it, it is. And my goal is to bring it to some parity that uh, eventually is going to be equitable to everyone, and the way it's supposed to be, and very much uh, to change that inequity that is taking place right now. Sure, you know, I. Um, I do know there's been an increase in terms of businesses, because I, I, think, I think I remember a number like 600, so you said 800, but yes. you've you definitely made by a third increase the businesses that are on that, that list. However, I think we might be at a, a time where we might have to start having separate goals for separate populations. There might have to be a goal uh, for people of color that's separate from white women, it, it, and we, we know it might have to have a, another discussion about other people that are also included under the definition as well. For another show, though, okay. a much deeper conversation about that. But I think it might be uh, something that maybe uh, should be talked about a little more seriously. I can I can see 10% or 15% people of color and 10% or 15% women uh, that are not of color. Maybe something like that as a model. right? Not to say that I'm proposing those numbers, but no, just. It, but I think you can't be separated, but you bring a, a very good point. Uh, so during the uh, this. Um, legislative season I've been involved in that conversation senator O'Connell has a bill uh, that she introduced last March that actually increases the percentage to 20 percent 10 percent nde and 10 percent out of the a uh, representative Williams introduced three bills uh, two bills one that um, it's it splits it at 25 percent participation, but it's split the way you described three ways: Mm -hmm. Uh, 10% for the the black community, and 15% between the MBs and everyone else. And then she has another bill uh, that she introduced that is increased to 50%, and splits at 25%. uh, I think it's 22, uh, 15% for the black community, and the rest for everybody else. Those, all of those bills are still and are out there. I don't know which one is going to make it to the end, but definitely that is being addressed, and I've been involved in all those conversations. Yeah, and I'm not trying to, try to uh, support any particular number or anything like that. Right. But I do think that we have to uh, separate uh, yes. the the white women from the people of color, one way or the other. That definitely has to be separated, and I think And I look at the numbers, I said, oh, show me the numbers. And that was my question. How can this be a success when out of the 30%, 65% is women's right. own businesses? Right? Yeah. And then, so to me, that's not a success. We need to change that. And that's something that definitely yeah. works. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that to me is not a success either. Uh, so yeah, but I don't want to, we could do another show just on that. Yeah. We have to talk about the... Well, yeah. We're going to spend the whole time just talking about that. Sure. let's talk about uh, you mentioned the schools in the ACs Province and and, and how that uh, you know had more participation than usual. Let's talk about your partnership with the Department of Education in the last five minutes. Yes, uh, that, and thank you because definitely that is uh, one of the changes uh, that we have made. And when I first came in, I met with, uh, with the Department of Education, and pretty much at that time there was no compliance. There was a back and forth between them and the office, and I met with them, and I, and I and very much what I said to them was, listen, uh, I am here to enforce compliance, and I have a mandate from the government to do so, but before I do that, let's see if we can uh, reach a partnership where compliance becomes part of your process and procedures. Fortunately, uh, they were agreeable, they listened, and we agreed. So since last year, very much uh, we have had compliance. And compliance in the essence is not just a figure and not just, you know, through promises. Uh, one of the changes that I made actually was to include the compliance within the contracts that each community signs before they actually build the school. From what I shared with you before, it was one document. Now there's four documents, there's four steps. To get to the end in all those documents they have to affirm their commitment to compliance and so that is happening Uh, last two weeks ago they actually brought in uh, this year uh, 20 communities uh, 9 communities that are going to be building 20 schools across the state part of the presentations that they did was to have me present to this individual and share with them uh, the, their responsibilities, our responsibilities, but at the same time, we provide resources for them to be able to comply. What changes is that before, all of those responsibilities came at the end of the project, once they were awarded to the uh, general <coughs> contractor. Now, that changes that that responsibility is first with the community. By the time it's transferred to the general contractor, they have to continue that compliance. And the other chain is that they have to report to our office in a monthly basis there, whether they're compliant or not. And as you mentioned earlier, if they're not compliant, then we have to consult with us and find ways to help them achieve that. What that has done, uh, Jim, is that uh, right now, uh, Rye has $1 billion this year in construction. And uh, by the end of the year, it should be $2 billion and which means that we have $100 million this year for the FBE program and uh, a total of $200 million for the next five years. And all of that is under compliance. And you know what? We're going to have to do a show just on that. That's big numbers. That that's adult numbers. So, Tomas, uh, you know, I think that that's great. I'd like to see maybe the, uh, the, uh, somebody in the office can be able to withhold checks from these people that don't comply. That's another show as well. So, that's Tomas must He is the social director of office. And opportunity. Um, stayed around, did you know, a great job with my buddy for many, many, many years. Um, words, you know, I'm Sunday in I'm Thank you for watching. This